Test, test, test. Uh, how you doing today, Luke? I'm good today. First podcast interview ever? Yes. Yeah. A little nervous? A little bit, but I'll be okay. Yeah. The nice thing is, is there's really nothing to get nervous about, right? Mm-hmm. We just kind of have a conversation. Ready to roll? Yeah, I'm ready to roll. All right. Here goes. Welcome to the Surrounded by Valor podcast, episode four. The definition of valor is courage in the face of danger. And my guest today has demonstrated that over and over again throughout his life, my son, Luke. Just a few of Luke's accomplishments. When he was six weeks old, he was diagnosed with an ASD, which is an atrial septal defect. It's a hole between the two top chambers of his heart. He had open heart surgery for that at age four. He did so well that he broke his leg 10 days later. He graduated with a Regents Diploma from the Norman Howard School, despite a lot of learning difficulties and school difficulties, I guess you could say. If you're familiar with special education and IEPs, you'll understand that. In high school, I think it was, we'll talk to him about this in a second, he found running, and he ran for Rush Henrietta and the legendary Coach DeMay. He earned a varsity letter in cross country. At age 22, he is already a two-time marathon finisher. And he's had a full-time job, I think, for a few years now. So we'll talk about him. We'll talk about that coming up. This young man, though, is an expert at facing and overcoming adversity. He's taught me more about courage in ways that no one and nothing else can. So, hi, Luke. How are you doing today? I am good. 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 Thanks for coming on. Yep. My first question for you is a tough one, and I think you know what's coming, but you, we lost your granddad last year, uh-huh. and that's detailed in episode one. You guys were really, really close. We were lucky enough that we live close enough, but far enough, I say. Uh-huh. He was part of your life for the entire time. Um, do you have any favorite memories that you want to share of your granddad? Um. I mean, I think that spending time with him in the TV room together, that was nice. But then also sitting next to him during Christmas morning when we would have the French toast casserole, I thought that was nice to have that time with him also. Yeah, and while you guys did a lot of like fun stuff, like I know he took you to the train stations when you were little and things like that, um, I noticed that you appreciate just the everyday things and being able to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. That was your, That was a big thing. And I know we only lost him about a year ago, and uh, you were there for so much of his illness, and his Mm -hmm. illness wasn't very long, but you were there the whole time. You were there when he died. I know this will sound morbid, but you saw him dead. That was tough. Um, tough. And you actually spoke at his funeral, which was amazing, brave, incredible. Tell me a little bit about what made you, like, how did you find the courage to speak at his funeral? Um, I knew that I wanted to speak at his funeral. He was my grandfather, and I felt like that he would be very happy to see me get up and speak for him at his funeral. And I think that would make that would have made him very happy. And I think he is very happy of how I'm doing now, almost a, almost two years after his oh, death. Yeah, a little over a year. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that was hard for all of us to lose him like we did. Um, and he was such a big part of our lives. Can you talk about a little bit about what you did to get through to where you are today? Like some of the things you did to help you process your grief. 
Um, um, kind of some of the things that I did is I, I do work with a psychologist, uh, Dr. Driscoll. Kind of, he, I did I work with him. I've kind of been working with him the past few years, and I did talk with him about his death with him and just kind of telling myself that he's watching over me and I'll be okay. And then it just that's helped me, you know, get comfortable to where I am now, making sure I take advantage of my chill time after um, my full-time job and the workout and the exercising that I do. That's a really big deal, actually. Luke called it his chill time, and it's something that personally is something I have just discovered, and I'm 49. You're 22. So to find the... um, uh, what's the word to to really understand that you need that chill time, that downtime is an incredible thing. And it again, it took me a really long time to figure out that I need that. Um, let's see. So we're going to segue a little bit into running, which I know has been a big help to you as you've processed this past year. Yes. But you know, how did you get into running? I, I when I. I'll be honest, I thought my child would be an automatic swimmer, but it was okay that you didn't love the water because <laughs> I was a swimmer. But how did you find running? I think that I got in, I think I got into it with, or, well, I think I started to get into it because when I was a little kid, I did do the, the kids' tries with the score of this multi-sport series. And I think I took it from there and I kind of fell in love with it. And that's where I decided I wanted to join the... Um, an indoor track team, an outdoor track team with uh, Rush Henrietta, with uh, Coach DeMay. Yeah, and then from there, you found your way into cross country. So mm-hmm. of all those three, you got, so then you started running indoor, outdoor, and then cross country. And mm-hmm. which did you like the most? I think cross country was the most funnest. We did, like, we did travel a bit to go some some races, and it was really nice to be able to, pick, to take part of it. Yeah, and I I always say that you were really lucky to have run under Coach DeMay, Mike DeMay, who's been the coach of uh, Rush Henrietta for I don't even know how many years, but can you talk a little bit about why you liked him so much as a coach? I think I liked him as a coach because he was a very wise man, and he also did help me a lot with achieving my goals, and I do appreciate that, that he did that for me. And I know he did a... kind of may have broken the rules a little bit and helped me achieve my varsity letter. Yeah, normally the varsity letter is awarded by points and section five running is tough. You know, if you run a 17 minute 5k, then you're, then you're up there and you, your 5k time was about 21, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but it kind of sets you in a different spot. So he, um, you worked so hard and displayed so much, um, character that you ended up qualifying for that varsity letter. So that was cool. Um, after high school, you, you set the goal. I think it was in high school that you wanted to run the Buffalo marathon that you wanted to try the marathon. And that first year out of high school, um, you, you've had, it took you a couple of years to get to the starting line of that marathon. Can you talk to us a little bit about like some of the obstacles you faced in getting to just to the starting line? Well, I think the big, um, I mean, I, after high school, I did started to work with Josh Rossi, and I was doing pretty good with that up until when I was in the middle of my construction trade program at BOCES, and then 
It was after a long run, or the morning after, I woke up and I had a pain in my leg. And I think I was, I didn't, I didn't tell mom and, mom and dad about it until a few months after because I don't think I just wanted to give up the construction trade program yet. But then, unfortunately, I had to defer in 2022 because we, I had to have an L5-S1 herniated back surgery. Right. You had a herniated disc between the L5 and S1, right? And that was, we thought it was a calf injury. And then we had a really great uh, physical therapist who determined that it was a disc issue. Um, then you had surgery. How was, I mean, I remember when you woke up from the surgery, you were um, in such relief that you were not in pain that you, I think you said shed some tears. The nurse was worried that you were in pain, but talk to us a little bit about how, like the pain before the surgery. Um, I would say the pain was pretty bad. I mean, I'd wake up every day and I just felt, I felt that I had to go through it. Like I didn't, I felt like I didn't, wasn't able to reach out and say, Hey, I need some help. So every day I kind of hopped in the car and drove with pain in my leg. And then it was just, the pain just kept getting worse and worse until I I think, I can't remember what day it was, but I mentioned it to mom and said I'm having trouble and I need some help. Yeah, and then we took the steps of the physical therapist and then we got you an MRI pretty quickly. And it was, I mean, at this time also the pandemic was happening. So actually, now that I'm thinking about it, didn't the first year wasn't it wasn't it canceled? It was canceled, canceled the first year. year. The second year that you were ready to do it, training was going well. That's when you had the back injury. Yes. Then you had surgery, and tell us a little bit about your recovery from that surgery. Was that pain gone immediately? It was, the pain was gone immediately, but I was a little bit sore after. But eventually, it started to get a lot better, along with physical therapy. And then we took it slow, getting me back into the running. So that allowed us to circle around to um, when you actually got to the starting line of the marathon. Talk to us, and we'll get into the marathon, but how did it feel to finally stand on that starting line? It felt good. It felt I was very excited that I'm finally here at the marathon, the race that I've been waiting since 2019 to do. Um. I know it did take me a, quite a while to get there, and the months before that with Granddad, and I wasn't in the best health back then, but I'm doing very good right now with it, with my health right now. Yeah, we got Luke connected with, um, in, in addition to him taking care of his mental health, we were working with a really great registered dietitian named Stevie Smith, who's from Buffalo, um, and I remember it was a huge relief that you got to that starting line, a lot of people would have given up, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. before they got there. Um, before we get into the marathon, you've always had a special spot. You know, you wanted Buffalo to be your first one, and it was very special to you. Can you talk a little bit about why Buffalo is so special to you, the Buffalo Marathon? I think Buffalo Marathon is special to me because Greg Weber and Rich Clark, they do a phenomenal job of setting it up and the operations crew. It's just, it's so nice of how much work they put into it every year. Right. And Rich Clark is also your godfather. We also, he basically is your uncle as well. And do you think, you know, you had Jeff Tracy on the course, you had Greg Weber out there. Do you think 
the fact that um, so many of the people that you've grown up with as mentors and friends were there made it really special? I think that it did make it very special for me having all those people who have mentored me since I was a little kid out there helping me. Yeah. So the gun goes off and you, I know it's almost been a year since you've, you've run another marathon in between them, but tell us a little about what, what can you remember from that day? I think I took it slow going out, but it was just so nice being out on that course. There were so many nice people. Um, it's just, for me, it's so fun to run a marathon. 26.2 is a nice long distance race for me to do every year. Yeah, and do you remember much about the finish line? You were quite emotional. I was quite emotional, but uh, my my godfather, Rich, to joke with me, he wanted to give my nipple a flick because <laughs> I had a, a bloody nipple going. Yeah, and then I got to give you your medal, which was really cool. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, for us, having all those familiar people around and have you running Buffalo was awesome. Dad and I got to follow you around on the course on our gravel bikes and it was really nice so after you i can't remember if you decided on wine glass marathon i think you've signed up for it before you finished buffalo right i think i signed up for it before i finished buffalo and yeah and so we uh went down to um corning your grandma came Mm -hmm. and it was you me and granny dad stayed home that weekend because we had a pup who was sick which we'll get into. Um, tell us a little bit about that marathon. What was it like to be in the second marathon? And you kind of had an interesting day, right? <laughs> I kind of had an interesting day. Um, I, w- I was feeling pretty excited that day. So I think it was almost half three through. I decided to take a chance to push a little bit. But it's okay to do that because I wanted to try to see if I can get under five, but it wasn't the right time yet. But I felt pretty good that I was able to go out a little bit faster and hold it on for almost halfway through. Yeah, and you you finished five, I forgot what your time was. I think it was almost, I think it was 526. So pretty darn good. Um, And I know that we're targeting Buffalo Marathon this year. We're training, not really different, but we're using some metrics like with the whoop strap and stuff. Yeah. But what are you thinking for the fall marathon? I was hoping to get into Chicago Marathon, but I did not. And I'm looking at probably running Philly, Philly Marathon. And that's great because I ran that you know, way back in 2017 or 18, and you ran the 8K there, right? Yeah, me and Dad ran the 8K together, and that was a really nice race to do. Yeah, and that is honestly, like most of my marathons are in an Ironman. It's hard for me to just run. That was one of my favorite courses. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, anything else you got on the docket this year that you're that you're thinking about except for um, those two marathons? Um, not yet, but I'm going to look at some more races this year to see if there's anything that pops my interest. Excellent, excellent. That's awesome. I know we're focusing a lot on running in the marathon and stuff, but um, you have been working at a really great job for, I think, three years now, right? It was like two years part-time, and then I'm almost getting close to being two years full-time. Great. And and can you tell us, like, what's the, what's the name of the company, and what do you do there? 
it's called a nail. It's E N A L A S. Like we, like me, Carpenter, and a, and another employee named Fred. We do FBA prepping. Like we prep scientific items and we ship them to Amazon. Neat, neat. And I know that what I like about the company is E N A L A S stands for everyone needs a little assistance sometimes. And you've been pretty surrounded by a really great team, a great group of people who have, um, who are supportive and they're really kind of helping you grow and a really, an owner who really, um, encourages you to design your own career. Mm -hmm. So you're liking it there? Yes, I'm liking it there. I've been there since December of 2019 and it's been great ever since. Yeah. They're really, really a family to you, would you say? Yes. They've been a very good family to me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so, I mean, it's been an, an eventful couple of years for our family. Right after your surgery, um, your dad was diagnosed with uh, malignant melanoma, which we talked about in episode three. Uh, and coming that came right on the heels of your recovery. So what was it like for you to go through dad's cancer diagnosis? Well, I would say during that, when we learned of it, I was scared and I was very emotional because I was afraid that I was going to have to say goodbye to my father, which he's a very wise man and I love him a lot. He's helped me a lot. And I'm very appreciative that I have a great man like him as my dad. Yeah, you guys have had a lot of fun, I think, running together over the years, would you say? Yeah, we've had a lot of fun running together over the past few years. Yeah, and um, it, that was a scary time, for, I think, for all of us. And mm-hmm. then uh, would you think when we got his all clear? <laughs> I was very happy when we got the all clear that I knew my dad was going to be around for a few more years. Yeah, and then right when we got the clearance for his cancer, that's when granddad got sick, and that yes. just got very crazy very quickly. So I, I really... Think you've done a great job in how you've coped and communicated and stuck. Mm-hmm. We all pretty much stuck together this year, but just uh, in December, we we've we got a dog about 14 years ago when you were eight, mm-hmm. uh, Chocolate Lab, and her name was Coco, and she was just your buddy. And we lost her. We had to put her down. What was nice, if there's a nice part of it, is. We um, enlisted the services of a veterinarian who came to the house and allowed us to do the euthanasia here. Um, how have you been since Coco's been gone? I've been feeling good. I'm just, I know uh, mom and dad have been talking about getting a new dog, but I do miss Coco. It was nice having her around the house, and it's very quiet without her now. Yeah, it's funny all those little things. Like I've accidentally filled her bowl with uh, food a couple times, and I know you've. You, when you get up in the morning, you realize that it was your routine to come down the stairs and go over and pet her, right? Yeah, and then I think a couple of days, a few days after work, I got excited coming home, thinking I was going to see her, and then I remembered yeah. she's gone. Yeah, so I would say it's been a kind of a crazy couple of years for us. We're fortunate that we're close and we value mental health and we can get everybody the help that they need there. Mm-hmm. And that um, I'd say that we get to be athletes, which helps us process things, you know. Yeah. Lastly today, Luke, I'm curious, you had open heart surgery when you were four. Do you remember any of that? Not really, but... 
I know you and Dad have told me about it every year. Yeah, Luke went through an open heart surgery, like I said before, for an atrial septal defect, which is a hole between the two top chambers of his heart. And honestly, on the spectrum of heart defects, it's the, one of the best ones to have because we've got the ability to fix it, literally fix a broken heart. Um, do you ever worry about your heart or get nervous about it? No, but I know that a couple years ago or a few years ago uh, during a cross-country race when it was very hot, we had a... A minor scare. I got what it what, what it actually turned out to be is had a little heartburn yeah. just because it, so, it was so hot. But yeah, so with a guy like Luke, we gotta be real careful. If he says heart chest pain, we gotta get it all checked out. And we did get the all clear, and you've been good. And yeah, um, that scar has grown with you. But you have an extraordinary ability, I think, to you faced a lot of obstacles in your life, in in every aspect, a lot more than many people even know. So what would you tell someone who's going through a tough time or, you know, starting off with a marathon, you know, training plan or having trouble in school or recently lost someone, you know, someone who's in that spot where they're just feeling like, uh, this is, I don't, this is, this is impossible. What, what piece of advice could you give to somebody? I would say I w- my advice would give to someone who is struggling right now if they lost a family member is um, I would reach out to someone like a psychologist and work with them with your grief and then also get into like some movement like go for a walk, go for a bike ride or just like go, go out of the house like a couple of days or a couple of days a week just uh, move and then just be remembrance of them of how much they did for you when you, when you had the time with them. That is awesome advice, Luke. Anything else you want to cover that I might have forgotten about? I don't think so. I think that's everything. Good. Will you consider coming back? Yeah, I'll consider coming back. My secret hope is that Luke uh, becomes the producer-editor here. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. This is the Surrounded by Valor podcast.